Today, the electricity industry is facing several challenges. A lot of new technologies are available there, are emerging, and disruptions, uh, it's a word that we frequently uh, listen when we uh, go in uh, venues with uh, people from the electricity industry. What can uh, big incumbents, big uh, energy players do, and what are they doing to survive uh, this disruption and to take full advantage of it? Today, we, we have the pleasure to have uh, Thierry Leperc from uh, Engie with us, and so we, we give this question to him, we pose this question to him. Uh, Thierry, what is Engie doing to face, to cope with this uh, disruption, with this set of disruptions? First, Engie is trying to understand what is going on uh, and to understand it globally, not just looking at uh, what uh, is happening in one part of the world, but what is happening everywhere in technology and markets. That's the first thing, very important. Second, we have embarked in three things. First is we have concluded that um, uh, a lot of conventional generation assets are going to uh, be stranded at one point or another. And that's certainly the case of coal and other fossil fuel generation uh, assets. So we've embarked into a massive uh, sale or closure of coal and uh, in some cases uh, even gas or oil and gas assets uh, as, as well. So that's step one. The second step is to invest uh, uh, correspondingly in renewables and energy efficiency. NG has 100,000 people in its service business, which is a, a, a major driver for for, for growth and new services. And the third thing is to imagine the future. And imagine the future and setting the stones, the, the, the building blocks uh, of that future with disruptive technologies, microgrids, uh, hydrogen, electric vehicles, battery storage. All of these are building blocks of the future basis business models based on 100% uh, clean, decentralized energy. We call that our full 3D uh, strategy. 3Ds meaning decentralization, dis, uh, uh, digitalization, and decarbonation. I see. So several uh, um, activities that you are try to, to do at the same time to cope with uh, disruption. And well, for me, the most interesting, maybe the one not, that not everybody mentioned is hydrogen, because you know, since several years we talk about hydrogen. In the past, it was hydrogen for cars, but in the end, uh, this, uh, this didn't deliver. What do you have in mind when you refer to hydrogen? There are two, I'd say, bad angles to hydrogen. Uh, one is indeed, uh, say, that, and actually there were billions of uh, euros and has spent, overspent, and, and wasted for decades in, in trying to, to, to turn, uh, to, to focus on, on fuel cell cars. I'm not saying this is a wrong way to do things, but starting from that is not the right way, and, and it's not uh, yielded very, very, very mm -hmm. interesting results. The other one is to look at hydrogen as a storage, a means of storage of uh, excess energy. And we believe that uh, uh, this is not the right way of looking at things. The right way of looking at things is to do it like solar at scale and to have a proper business model. And in this case, it's very simple. Hydrogen is, is an energy vector. It's like solar fuel. People should understand that solar at $20 or less in some geographies today is basically, to sum it up, um, infinite quasi-free energy, except that it's generated in some parts of the world or, or at, at some 
parts of the euro or the, it needs to be turned into a flexible vector which can be transported and stored um, like gas, like oil, like oil. It's the new oil. And our vision is very simple, is that we aim at using this vector as the replacement for natural gas. We have 25 billion euros in a regulated asset base uh, for natural gas in France. We know that if we don't decarbonize that entirely, this will have to be written off. So decarbonizing that 25 billion is absolutely essential. Mm. Hydrogen is one of the ways, not the only way, we're also looking at biogas, but, but is one of the way because it can be done at scale. And imagine a system which is upstream, midstream, downstream, where you generate extremely large quantities of hydrogen from, mm -hmm. say, Australia, Chile, and other places, where it's shipped under liquid form to, uh, to, uh, um, to, uh, to our ports and then sent into uh, 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 gas grids, which in that case would be H2 grids, and then, most importantly, getting to the end. And the end for us is both uh, industrial hubs. We're going to use that energy or that uh, or hydrogen as a raw material especially for chemicals but most importantly as an energy source for district heating and cooling this is the perfect match for district heating and cooling but then because you're not going to have hydrogen uh, 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 spigots at, at homes yeah uh, you're going to dangerous you don't want to use that thing uh, at the same time if you're supplied we have for instance in france 130 district heating and cooling networks uh, if you bring that uh, and, and turn that uh, into heat and power uh, through combustion or, or, or fuel cells, uh, most probably SOFC fuel cells, then you have the magic wand. And, and what we aim at doing it, we want to aim it, we want to do it at costs which mirror that of fossil fuels today, i.e. hydrogen at the price of natural gas. And that our goal for this is by 2026 or 2027. And that's, and then we're talking about a trillion dollar business, basically. And this is the reason why we established this business unit, hydrogen business unit, uh, a couple of months ago, and that uh, we're going to make uh, several announcements over the next uh, next few months on that. Oh, this is very interesting because uh, in this way you could solve, you can take two birds with one stone. You can uh, uh, solve the issue of intermittency and non-dispatchability of certain renewable energy sources for electricity generation. And at the same time, you can avoid to have uh, too much stranded assets in the natural gas industry in Europe. Absolutely. What is essential is to take a systemic vision of things. You, the, uh, the problem with renewables is that people have taken to take, tended to take a, a, a short, uh, a partial view of things, saying uh, renewables can contribute partially and somebody else is going to take care of the rest. Now, you want to make sure that you get 100% renewables 24-7 and all the time. So that means, that's the first thing. And the second thing is that if you only focus on electricity, you're missing 75% of energy. Uh, you want to take care of transportation. You want to take care of heat. Uh, in, German, in Germany, they've found a word for this. They call it sector coupling. Ah. How you combine sector coupling. Uh, how you combine energy on a real-time basis, not just electricity, but heat and transportation. And, and, and you won't get there without, without hydrogen. Add on to that, if you want to go to 100% renewables, uh, 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 Europe would be covered with the solar panels and, and wind mm. turbines, and it won't be accepted. It would be technically pos possible, but it won't be accepted. Much better to use the Chilean, Australian deserts uh, and the plentiful water of the Pacific Ocean uh, to, to, to electrolyze water from the Pacific Ocean. You know, this is really endless, infinite energy, provided you have the right business model. So, so we have really a solution 
for a systemic change of energy systems and at energy as a systems house by definition where systems are where power and gas company uh, and also an energy efficiency and technology company it's natural that we're in the middle of this from your words i understand you you see disruptions that that can be managed by bigger companies anyway so even this decentralized disruption does not necessarily mean the death of large players because large player can manage these large projects able to exploit the different endowments of resources at the world level. Extreme decentralization goes with extreme centralization. Centralization of data, centralization of, uh, uh, of uh, power electronics, because you want to ensure system safety. If we mean by decentralization anarchy, mm. anarchy uh, for power systems means uh, failure, and failure means the end of civilization because I mean if you have a blackout read the book uh, blackout and you'll see that uh, uh, a system without uh, electricity doesn't last long I see I see great vision I wish you good luck to you and your company and maybe see you soon somewhere else in Europe or beyond thank you Thierry thank you Nicolo